I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 129 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got some great feedback from you about last week's episodes, and we are going to finish off the first month of 2019 with some strong content here, beginning with my guest today, successful entrepreneur and YouTube famous Evan Carmichael will be here with me in just a minute, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow, one of Australia's top podcasters, Matt Purcell, will be here for a little international collaboration on the show. It's going to be another great Warrior Wednesday with veteran Pete A. Turner. Thursday, actor Brady Smith stops by. And to end the week strong with another Frogman Friday episode for you, retired Navy SEAL commander Mark Devine will be here. So lock it into First Class Fatherhood. We are picking up a ton of momentum out there in the podcasting universe. I owe it all to you listeners out there. Thank you so much for all your DMs, your emails, uh, your messages, your phone calls. It all really goes a long way to help me bring you the best podcast possible. All right, and now let me get this off my chest because it really made a big impact on me. Last week, New York passed a law allowing abortion for full-term babies. And I will just start by saying that I am in no position to judge anybody. That is for our creator. But I really don't understand how we've gotten to a place where we are celebrating taking the life of a human being by lighting up the World Trade Center's Freedom Tower in honor of this new law. What I'm struggling with is that on one side of the coin, there could be such an uproar about children being separated from their parents at the border, yet a celebration of children being murdered no matter what stage of life it is. And I think this all goes back to fathers, fatherless households, and the family. If we could just strengthen our family units and cut down on the fatherless households in the, in the country, maybe there wouldn't be such a need for so many abortions. Uh, according to usabortionclock.org, there are already, in 2019, we're only a month into this, there's been more than 68,000 abortions in the country already. And we know that, I was saying some of the numbers last week, 71% of teenage pregnancies are coming from fatherless households. 30% of those pregnancies are ending in abortion, and a high percentage of the kids that are born to the teenage moms, they're growing up without a father in the household as well, so the cycle just keeps going on. I mean, we as a society, we must value our families, we gotta strengthen our values, and we shouldn't be celebrating the death of any child, no matter what stage of life they're in, and lighting up the World Trade Center, I mean, where so many people were murdered, and we light up the Freedom Tower in honor of murder, it really just uh, boggles my mind, so it really bothered me, I wanted to get that little piece off my chest there. I don't want to harp on the whole issue, but I mean, boy, that was eye-opening. All right, so let me hit you with a quick little spot. We'll get right back here to celebrating fatherhood, celebrating family life. That's what this podcast is all about here. So uh, right after the quick spot, I'll be back on the other side with First Class Father Evan Carmichael. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. 
Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Today's interview is being brought to you by NFW Watches. Please go over to nfwonline.com and use my promo code FATHER at the checkout. You're going to save 15% off your entire order. You're going to get free shipping inside the United States. And $50 of every order is going to go directly towards Honor Flight, which is helping our World War II veterans. Get over to nfwonline.com. Use the promo code FATHER. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a believer who believes in entrepreneurs. He is a successful entrepreneur himself. He is an author, a speaker, a very popular YouTuber with almost 2 million subscribers. It is a great privilege for me to say, Evan Carmichael, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for love, man. Great to be here. All right, let's do it. Uh, how many kids do you have and how old are they? I've, uh, I have one son. He's nine years old. Awesome. Is he into any uh, sports or activities? He's not into sports that much. He's more on the creative side. So he likes drawing, art, drama, all the stuff that I'm not very good at. So it's a challenge in me learning new skills to be able to work with him on it. Very cool. Are you having any more or are you one and done? Uh, I don't know. To, to be decided. To be decided, man. I like that. All right. Uh, Evan, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. I think I'm, I'm best known for my YouTube channel. I've got uh, a channel of 1.7 million subscribers, quarter billion views, helping entrepreneurs for the most part believe in themselves more to go off and do crazy, amazing things for the world. Um, I have a couple books that have come out, uh, do workshops and seminars, but I think the YouTube is probably where I'm most well-known. I'm pumped for this because I don't, I don't often get to talk fatherhood and, and life stuff. I'm usually so buried in the entrepreneur world, so... I'm excited, man. Yeah, and with that, Evan, what are some of the challenges of being such a successful creator of so much content, being an entrepreneur, and all that you do while being a father? So I think you have to make a decision as a family what you're going to show and what you're not. So my wife and my son love being on camera. They they love it. They eat it up uh, whenever we're traveling or vlogging or or making videos, they, they want to be a part. And so I include them. My parents, as an example, don't like being a part of it. They're very private people. I consider them my greatest role models and mentors. I'll, I'll share a couple stories about them on the channel, but that's it, and, and you never see them. And so I think you just have to decide what you're okay with, what you can live with. It's obviously always going to be positive stuff, but... Um, where are people's comfort zones, and then respecting that. All right, Evan, one of the big challenges for many parents is the technology, social media. We know the video games are super addictive now. How do you handle all this technology time and video game time with your son? So, one, I play video games with my son. Uh, we'll play League of Legends together. Uh, he's now into Minecraft, and so I'll you know, get into Minecraft and learn what it's all about. Uh, and always try to find, I think there's a lot of lessons that you can learn uh, from those games, and I think it's an opportunity to be a better parent. So uh, depending on the game, if you, have, if you have some context and awareness on it, then you can learn how to teach them in the language that they are familiar with. You know, League of Legends, you're, you're playing five on five. It's you and maybe somebody else and three other strangers against five strangers. And so you have to learn teamwork and you have to learn how to you know get over frustrations when you lose and you have to learn strategy and all the things that are you can you can bring life lessons into it in a way that 
they don't even know that it's a life lesson. It's not sitting down and talking about something. You're teaching them while they're playing, and I think that's actually one of the best ways that they can learn. Um, and so I like to I like to know what my son is into. Um, on YouTube, I'm a little more steeped in that world because that, that's the world that I, I play and live in. But the channels that he watches are are different than the channels that, you know, I watch. And so I watch some of the videos with him. I see what he's up to. I see the content that he's, he's um, watching and, and talking about who the characters are and, again, trying to figure out some lessons that might go along with it. Um, I have a series called 254 Confidence where every morning I send a video to somebody or anybody on my email list who wants to sign up, uh, and it gives them a morning dose of confidence. And my son watches that every morning. Uh, so the idea is you start your day with a video that's going to help you get more confidence. I think it's just being aware of what your kids are up to and being a part of their world. For me, it was through sports. Like you, you let off the show talking about sports. I love sports. I was, I was in the soccer and basketball and baseball and little league and all that stuff. And that was my thing. Um, my son is not into that stuff. And so I'm, I'm learning to draw with him and I'm watching videos with him and I'm, trying to understand his world because I think when you can understand their world better then you can teach them better too very cool that's good stuff what about uh, discipline Evan what type of disciplinarian are you as a father so I learned from my parents that they would always believe in me more than, than discipline me I remember always being the worst in my family I have two sisters one older one younger and I would always get the worst scores on my report cards and not terrible, but, you know, B's when my sisters would get A's. And they would always tell me that I was Evan Castrelli Carmichael. I could do anything that I, that I believed that I could do. And I always left feeling good. I always left feeling like more was possible instead of me feeling like a loser or that I was kept doing something wrong. Um, and so that's what I try to teach to my son as well. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate about my parents that I try to bring forward with my son they were always a shield for me. They always protected me against uh, things that they didn't necessarily agree with. So, as an example, when I was in when I was in grade school, I had to draw a window, and so I drew an entire bedroom, and there was a window there, and I drew like a boat and the sunset behind, and all this stuff, and and I I failed the assignment because it was just draw a window, and. My parents, at, at the parent-teacher interview, I remember saying, well, you were unclear in your instructions. You know, you said draw a window, he drew a window. There it is. He just decided to add more in. And so just standing up for me and my creativity and really trying to figure out what are the rules that you actually really need to enforce. For me, it's usually around core values. Those are the ones that matter most, not around um, other potentially limiting rules that could dampen their creativity. And so I learned not to, I learned to, you know, respect authority, but not to follow everything just because that's the way it was and to figure things out for myself. And so they always gave me air cover, which I think really helped me in becoming an entrepreneur because we have to do things that are outside the box, outside the norm. And uh, if I didn't have that confidence growing up from them, then I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now. 
Yeah, it's cool what you're saying there. In today's world, it's set up better than it's ever been before for the entrepreneur towards creativity, uh, more so than the factory worker. And I think our school system, it kind of sets kids up to be followers or it sets them up to be someone else's employee, whereas it would be nice to see some type of wealth creation classes or goal setting and achieving classes you know, in the high schools to better prepare the kids for the reality of what the possibilities are. Yeah, listen, man, I agree with you. At the same time, um, it is what it is. So what are you going to do about it, right? So it's like I take it as my responsibility. Well, I think it's amazing that we have access to show our kids, guys like you and other uh, positive mindset content creators out there that our kids can learn from. Uh, There's a wealth of knowledge being dished out online, and it's all available for free. Yeah, and and I don't have swear words in, in my videos. I always mute them out. And that's just a personal decision, but as a result, a lot of a lot of teachers are using my content in their classrooms. Uh, a lot of people are saying, "Well, you know what? I'm at the front teaching them, and I have a message." And and Beyonce has the same message that I'm trying to get out, but they'll listen to Beyonce; they won't listen to me. So I'll I'll play Beyonce's video because I want them to hear the message. And so it's it's awesome to know that some teachers are also trying to find ways to connect with the students and not just trying to teach the curriculum that's being force-fed down them. Um, and, and what you do, man, like, it's great. It's great having a show. It's great spreading awareness. It's great having guests on to bring their perspective on, on fatherhood, and that might inspire some people listening to go off and get new ideas to be a better father as well. Um, I love it. Yes, and because I always hear so many negative views about fatherhood and about family life, I think it's very important to have successful people share their thoughts on all of it. So uh, how has fatherhood kind of changed your perspective on life? I think when you are now responsible for somebody else, it it changes the importance of what you're doing, if that makes sense. I mean, I got married, so having a wife is, yes, there's responsibility, but it's an adult and, you know, she has her career and doing her own thing, can take care of herself. When you have a child, they can't do anything for themselves. And so that sense of responsibility and and the work that I do, I want to matter. Um, And then also just not having as much time to dive in on the work because you, you want to be a good father. And so making sure that the time counts, you know, like whatever time you spend working, you want to make sure is, is counting and you're not just on Facebook scrolling or checking email again, or, you know, you have a limited amount of time to make things happen. And so having Hayden help, I was already a pretty productive guy, but, but um, it helped put it in the more perspective. Okay. I'm about to lose a chunk of my time because I want to spend it with him. So that means that, I need to get even more hyper-focused on the work that I'm doing, too. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, Evan, a lot of people out there, especially kids, are trying to hit the YouTube jackpot, including my own kids. I mean, that's kind of what led me down the podcasting path here, but uh, you've had some tremendous success. What kind of advice do you have for the parents out there whose kids are claiming that they want to become YouTubers? Uh, I would say help them start. I think the best thing you can do with your kids is as soon as they get an idea for something to, to go and try it, like teach them to go from idea to attempt. 
and just get started. So help them make their first YouTube video. And you, you probably have no idea what you're doing, and that's fine. Neither do they. Like, get your phone out and make, make the first video and have them figure out how to, you know, download an app to edit the video and post it up. Um, if you're under 13, you can't have your own YouTube channel legally, so the parent has to have the, have the account. Um, and you probably want to monitor what they're posting up anyway. But I think it's a fun project to do together. To, to do together. Um, just like if, you're, if your kids were interested in um, the stars, like maybe this weekend you go out of town where there's no lights and you go look at the stars and now you're learning about the Big Dipper and the constellations. I think the more you can encourage your kids to go off and explore their interests, that's how they're going to find their passion. Uh, I think people get lost into careers too soon. And they do things because their parents at them or they're, they're expected to go do those careers. And it's why most people aren't happy. Like 95% of America wakes up and goes to a job that they don't like. And if you want your kids to be happy, it starts from figuring out what their passions are. And the earlier you can do that, the better. And it's a great thing to learn together. You know, like the greatest thing, well, maybe not the greatest, but one of the greatest things of having kids is you get to learn a whole bunch of new things about <laughs> things you never knew about before because they pull you into it. And I think using that as a strength of the relationship instead of a, oh, another thing. Now i got to learn YouTube. Great. No, it's a chance to connect with your kids and do some, some fun projects together. Yeah, and finding a way to use technology to serve other people can be difficult. I, I believe what Zig Ziglar said, that if you can help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. Uh, but we see a lot of the me, me, me coming from this generation with the technology. So how can we kind of convince them uh, that there's more value in serving other people rather than celebrating themselves? I think that's always been the game. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say that that's a generational divide. I, I, I think from, from my gen, I mean, I'm 38. I think it's, I think it was the same thing. Like people were, were, I think one of the biggest challenges of all time is we are, we are selfish. We are thinking about ourselves, but we're built to serve. I think humans are built to serve. I think your greatest happiness of all time will come from serving others. Either uh, some people are built to serve the world. You know, you've got your podcast, you're reaching fathers around the world who you'll, you'll never meet in person, but your voice is coming into their ear, you know, on a, on a regular basis and you're making them better fathers. That's amazing. Um, so some people are built to serve the world and some people are built to just serve the 25 people closest to them and are more family and super tight community oriented. I think being able to show your kids that through your actions is the way that they learn. So you deciding, I want to make a difference for fathers. And then starting a podcast, even though you have no idea 10 months ago, maybe what a podcast is or what gear you need to use or how you're going to book guests, all of that stuff. And most adults wouldn't do that. Most, most adults, most parents would say all the reasons why they couldn't do it. Well, I can't do it because I'm, I'm too old to get into this technology stuff or I don't, I don't know how to get started. And, and, and your kids see that. Like your kids see you going to a job that you hate every day. And so if you get out of that and say, I'm going to try to build my own life, I'm going to live a life of service, I'm, like whatever your values are, if they see you living them instead of just talking about them, that's when they're actually going to be moved, right? And you bring them along the journey with you. And so I think that's, I think you want to teach people how to live in more service, especially your kids, then you start by you living in more service yourself.
well said. And I think it's that we didn't have access to the platforms available today to express ourselves uh, like they have today with Snapchat, taking pictures of their food and all that, celebrating what their clothes they're wearing. I mean, I'm 38 years old myself, um, but there there is a ton of poisonous content being created out there that can destroy a young mindset. But there's also a gold mine of information available that can really transform your mind if you can find it. Well, I think that's always been the game. Like, I think, I mean, what? so you're 38, I'm 30. What were we doing when we were young? Like, I was playing video games. I don't know. I'm playing RBI Baseball and Donkey Kong and Super Mario. And like that's that's how I was spending my Saturday afternoons and, and playing some sports. Um, I, I think it's great. Like, I, I think I think we have a, a bigger responsibility as a parent to then make sure we monitor and and be involved with what our kids are doing, not just policing, but be, be engaged with them so we understand what they're consuming. But I, I think it's great, man. Like I, I think it's, I don't think it's ever been a better time for kids growing up. The idea that uh, somebody in some small town uh, could learn from a guy like Zig Ziglar or could learn from the next Zig Ziglar, that wasn't available to, to us growing up. Like maybe you, maybe your parents were into personal development and they had some CDs or cassette tapes that had, they had on in the house. But the, the amount of amazing information that are at kids' fingertips these days, it sets them up for so much success. I'm, I'm so pumped for where this next generation is going. I agree. The possibilities are endless. All right. You usually post people's top 10 rules for success. Uh, are there any rules that come up the most or, or that you hear more commonly than others? There's a couple of them. I would lead with, with belief. Uh, it's something that I strongly am an advocate for. You have to believe in yourself. Successful people believe in their abilities to figure stuff out. There's so many people who have great ideas. People listening, you have a great idea for a business, and you'll just watch somebody else go off and make money doing it because you just didn't believe in your abilities to go off and execute it, but it was a genius idea. I, I think everybody has Michael Jordan-level talent at something. They either one never found it by exploring, like they didn't try enough stuff, or they too, they, they found it, but they didn't believe themselves enough to chase it down. And so belief is at the cornerstone of, of every person who's had success. Um, I would say taking action, just getting started. People procrastinate and they try to figure out how to make everything perfect. You know, when you started your podcast, it wasn't perfect. Like I'm sure you made tons of mistakes. <laughs> And in, in the past 10 months, you've learned a lot. And I'm sure if you keep doing this for another 10 years, you're going to look back and, and maybe this one, you're like, man, I made so many mistakes. I'm such a better interviewer now. Don't, you, you can't plan all the way to the end. You just need to start. Successful people, they just start, and they're willing to take some small losses to be able to get momentum built in. And if I had to pick a third, I'd say not worrying about the criticism that comes or the judgments of other people. When you want to start something new, People around you will judge you and might make fun of you, especially if you're looking at kids, and teaching them to have the resilience to bust through uh, those judgments and go forward anyway is something that all successful people have in common. Very cool. All right, Evan, we are a month into the new year here already. What type of goals do you have set for yourself? What can we expect to see from Evan Carmichael in 2019? Yeah, man. So I don't really set New Year's resolutions. For me, I, I love action. So as soon as you, as soon as you set a goal, you do it. Like you find a small way to get started. 
like the whatever today is right now that this goes live great happy new year you your year just started let's go you got an idea let's go like the idea of waiting until the next year waiting until monday like start asap right now um i'm also a little bit of a weird duck in that i don't have i have a mission what i'm trying to accomplish for life and then i'm i have what i'm working on right now so i mean i'm talking to you i'm on my i'm on a 90 day tour across 23 cities in the u.s and we're on the road driving between Cincinnati and um, Indianapolis. But I think if you have a five-year goal for yourself, you're thinking small. I think for you to think that you know where you're going to be in five years is ridiculous. If I told you five years ago, dude, you're going to have a podcast. <laughs> and yeah. you're going to be it's like, what are you talking? There's no way. You didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And so I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but it's going to be awesome. And the thing yeah. is, you could set a five-year goal for yourself and hit it, but I think that's actually small compared to what you're capable of. So it's mission and then what I'm working on right now and not much in between. Awesome. I love that philosophy. All right, Evan, last thing I'm going to hit you with here. I love to ask all the fathers that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I would say figure out what your, your most important core value is that you want your kids to learn. I think we get caught up too much in the rules and we end up often being the parents that we don't want to be. We end up we end up taking the best and the worst from our parents. If you think about what you didn't like about your parents and how they raised you, chances are you, you're about to do the same thing. And so I would think about what is the most important core value that you want to teach your kids. So for me, it's still around belief. You know, I, I want my son to believe in himself and what he's capable of doing. And I keep that in my mind through all the tough decisions. So when you're frustrated or when – you know, you're angry that he's not doing something right or uh, according to your rules. I, I keep that in the back of my head. So if you think about what are you staying for as a human, what's your most important core value that you want your kids to feel, and let that be your guiding compass through everything, I think it'll make everything a lot easier and lead to a more successful relationship for both, the both of you. So cool. Great advice. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. Evan Carmichael, I got to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Appreciate the love, man. All right, we'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Evan Carmichael for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was awesome. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know on Facebook what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Join me here tomorrow for episode 130. I'm going to have one of the number one podcasters in Australia, Matt Purcell, is going to be here with me. It's going to be an exciting episode. Later on in the week, I'm going to have former Navy SEAL commander Mark Devine. So lock it into First Class Fatherhood. Please spread the word out there. Sharing is caring. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.